This is a Hot Pie Original. Welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards. Of course, I'm, I'm all... I, the first thing that wants to come out of my mouth is like, I'm so excited to be here. <laughs> I hope this never subsides. I'm excited you're here too. So what are we doing today? We're going to learn how to tarot with Addie Broyles, one of my favoritest people on the planet. And I cannot wait to share all her wisdom with you. She's so badass. So that's going to be really, really fun. First, also, we're going to talk a little bit about habits today. I don't know. Imagine that, me talking about habits. Um, a little bit of business. If you haven't subscribed to the newsletter, please do. It's at amyedwards.com. And I'm working on getting real consistent with that. A habits, right? Uh, also, it is important to rate and subscribe to podcasts that you like. And it it's like super helpful in the whole podcasting world. So if you can just hit those stars, that would be like fucking awesome. So please do. And I am eternally grateful. Know that and and hit me up. Let me know too that you did. And I would love to share it and tag you too. You can find me on Instagram at Real Amy Edwards. Or of course, you can email me anytime at amy at amyedwards.com. So let's get on to today's episode. Thank you so much for being here. And let's do this. All right, let's get to business before we get to tarotting. Welcome. Um, I'm lighting my Palo Santo right now. Getting my head in the game, you know, slowing down, finding my intention. I actually wrote an intention today. I've been trying to get intentional just about my days in general. And that's kind of why we're talking about habits today. Here, here it was. It's written down right here. Uh, how can I expand, grow, and be more of a badass? <laughs> Just that. How can I expand and grow? And I think because yesterday I did not feel expansive or growthy. I had a moment where I wanted to curl up into a ball. And we all have those days, and that's okay. I was feeling uh, disappointed in myself. I was feeling like, and you know, I tell you these things not to like elicit sympathy, but rather to let you know that like, it's okay and it's all normal. And I'm not going to pretend that everything's all perfect. And here's how you do it. And, you know, that feels false. Like, why I'm here to talk about what's really real and use my voice for it. And then hopefully you're able to use yours more honestly and say, here's what's really going on. And here's my unique voice and my unique perspective. That's what I'm going for anyway. That's what I consider my purpose, right? To, uh, and I'm going to start adding this to the intros. I want to because uh, my purpose is to use my voice to help you use yours. And we all end up shinier and transformed in the best way. So anyway, <laughs> back to using my voice and telling you how I felt. Uh, I have uh, like in the last like eight months, six, seven months, I have uh, like regained the weight that I lost yet last year during the pandemic. And my shorts are all tight. And I'm like pissed off at myself for that because I just kind of felt like I let my body go. And then also, you know, I, uh, money wise, you know, I'm just, I'm really working to make money. And I just had a moment where I'm like, how am I paying rent <laughs> this month? And I laugh. Ha ha. I'm sure that's a defense mechanism. But anyway, it's true. And so I was just feeling bad. And I realized that I had let a lot of my habits go. And I had just been coasting along, which is not bad. 
right? That's not a bad thing. It just happens sometimes. And then we regroup. And so anyway, I, um, I knew that I needed to regroup with what I was doing. And so anyway, I like habit trackers. I like journals. We've talked about the James Clear habit tracker, which is awesome. Uh, there was another one from Intelligent Change that I really liked and they've made an app for now, but I need an actual like hard copy book, book kind of a thing. Um, and I used that. It uses a Pomodoro method where you divide things into 25 minute chunks. That only sort of worked for me. I used it more as a list making journal. Um, but anyway, Justin bought me this new one just to try it out. And I decided to dive in like, uh, I think Sunday I started and then Monday, I'm recording this on Tuesday. So um, I really got into it on Monday yesterday. And so anyway, it is called Get Stuff Done Planner. And you can find it at getstuffdonenow.com. And no, this is not like an advertising plug. I actually just am using this thing and I really like it. So anyway, it's a three-month goal organizer planner and it has a daily daily breakdown and it's kind of bulky for me to carry around all the time but I'm going to roll with it. I like it. And um and so that's why today it it asks you at the top great what am I grateful for excited for and an affirmation. And so um that I, I guess that's why I thought about how can I expand grow and be more of a badass. Like I needed to look at a day as expansive rather than looking at it as feeling defeated and feeling bad. And so anyway, I this moves into what I really want to talk about today. And, you know, we fall off our habits sometimes and that's okay. And I'm telling you that's okay. Because me to you, I'm like, man, that's totally fine. I don't hold any ill will towards you. You to me, probably feel the same way. You're like, Amy, it's okay. You're going to get back on track. I know you are because you always do. I've been listening to you. But what do we do to ourselves? Do we act that same way to ourselves? I don't. <laughs> I, I like can easily say that to you. It's okay. Get a tracker. Start writing it down. Go, go, go. Get it. You got this. But can I do that to myself? Mm, I can't. I, I mean, I can get the motivation part, but can I get the part that's about forgiveness? And that's really like the bigger picture of what I want to talk about today is like on a small scale, can we forgive ourselves for those habits that we fell off from? And I say small scale because forgiveness gets way bigger to me. And that's really what's come up for me all this week is that as we look to building better habits, can we forgive ourselves for however we've lived in the past? Maybe just fucking off in the morning and looking at Instagram instead of like getting up and making tea and doing something constructive with our lives. Can we forgive ourselves for those? I mean, I would forgive anyone for that, but can I forgive myself? Forgiveness, so many times we look at it like exterior, like, can I forgive that person for the trauma that they caused or forgive that person for what they've done? And there are some big ways of that, you know, big, big problems in that big, you know, I, I have women that I know and friend, people I call friends who've lost children to gun violence. Like, how do you find forgiveness for that? Right. Those are massively large. But I'm talking about large ones toward ourselves and small ones toward ourselves. So the small ones are about forgiving ourselves for just the little inconsistencies. Like I I wanted to get everything done yesterday that was on my list, 
I didn't, but I decided that that was good because I did like 80%. That's really great. And I had to just forgive myself for holding me to such a standard when it doesn't, doesn't even matter. So those are the smaller scale ones. So where can we find ways to forgive ourselves for just all the little things that we uh, consider shoulds, right? The shoulds of our daily life. And then it goes bigger. And my Instagram live meditation this week, that's every Wednesday at 9am on Instagram, um, is about this. It's about forgiving ourselves. And how can we go even bigger with that? And how can we find ways to forgive ourselves for um, how we've handled money in the past, for cheating on someone? I mean, so many things we want to cringe, push under the rug. I was a thief when I was young. Like me and my friend, I'm not going to name her name, even though I want to, we don't, we don't anymore. We feel terrible about it when we talk about it. Um, but like I stole all the time. We, I mean, five finger discount everywhere. It's not terrible. And there wasn't any real good reason for it. We just did it. And I mean, stuff like that, stealing, uh, lying. I was a, like a professional liar when I was a teenager to my parents. Um, not to my friends. I've never really done that. But um, then, you know, in my marriages, I cheated in both of them. Um, so I guess it's just like, can we find ways those, those things that crop up that make us want to cringe? Can we just find the acceptance that we give to somebody else? Like, because I don't need to forgive someone else for their infidelity on their spouse. Right. Um, so can I find that same compassion for myself? <laughs> does that make sense? I hope so. It does to me. I'm just working on forgiving myself. Then it, it came up around money for me, for sure. Because I had, I feel like I've got a lot to forgive myself for of the way that I've handled it, of the way I've buried my head in the sand about it. Uh, and then given myself excuses like, well, you're a woman and whatever, you know, that bullshit. Can you believe I just said that? It's true though. And so anyway, that's the message today. Small scale, big scale forgiveness. How can we implement that more in our own lives? And just, I think just introducing it small with the habits, finding forgiveness around maybe coming into new habits and just not beating ourselves up for that. Because beating ourselves up is another way of not forgiving ourselves for sure. So forgive yourself, go easy, go easy, forgive yourself. And I don't know, maybe you build some, build some habits in the progress, in the, in the process, sorry, not progress. You will make progress, but in the process, <clears throat> can you maybe uh, check back in with your habits like I am? Just take a check-in, just take an inventory and see maybe where you would like to just up it a little bit. All right. So let's get to today's episode. I am so excited to share with you my wonderful, beautiful friend, Addie Broyles. She is going to talk to us all about tarot. She's been studying this for quite some time. And I have loved that she has been studying this because um, 
she, when she studies something, she is thorough as hell. And it is so much fun. She's been a writer for a long time in Austin. She's a community builder. She's the founder of the Austin Food Blogger Alliance. She's a mom of two boys and she writes about parenting, travel, healing. Dude, she's a master at healing. I think in my old show, Rock Your Life, we did boundaries and she is just, she taught me so much about boundaries as I was learning to date. <clears throat> she's also um, got a sub stack, which is called the Feminist Kitchen. <laughs> and she launched a brand new Instagram called Don't Fear the Death Card. So that's a tarot card reading service that specializes in using tarot cards for team building, grief work, and codependency, of which she is so well versed in. So you can follow her uh, at Broyles A, B-R-O-Y-L-E-S-A on Instagram or Don't Fear the Death Card to learn more. Or you can sign up for a session, which is very cool, at don'tfearthedeathcard.com. And then she's also got a podcast coming out that you can support too. It's called Class Reunion, the podcast, and it's launching this summer. And she's got a Patreon around that at classreunionpodcast.com. And we'll we'll touch on that a little bit too. But mainly, we're here to just take... Uh, uh, maybe you're well-versed in tarot. I guarantee you're going to learn from her today. And if you're new to tarot or Oracle cards or any of it, well, I know they're two different things, but I kind of like, I kind of like work around both of those. So we're going to focus more on tarot today. And I'm just, ah, I'm so excited because it's been something I've been growing into more and having fun with. And so let's do it today with Addie Broyles. And remember, you can follow her at Don't Fear the Death Card. No, you know, those are relationships that, too. I gotta let it. Mm -hmm. But this is the codependency stuff that the tarot. So really, my special, well, my, well, my specialization with the tarot, the tarot is grief and codependency. So right, we can we can talk about that. No, I already ta I already talked about it on my okay, intro good. Okay, too. Good. Good. Like that, your specialty is grief and codependency. So yeah. uh, obviously, I mean, we're recording right now, yeah. so we make sure we're lined up. So obviously, I've had some codependency come up in my own life. So. Um, Hey, How do I use if it's a day that ends in a Y, there's going to be codependency involved. <laughs> that is so true. Once, I mean, I think once you're a codependent, you're always a codependent. And I think it's a beautiful thing to just really, there's no getting out of it. I mean, it's just like being an addict. I don't really, I guess I just haven't fully understood codependency. Yeah. You know, like I had to seriously, when he was like, you're being codependent, I was like, I had to look it up. And I was mm -hmm. like, what does this even mean? Mm -hmm. And then you described it as this managing the space between you and somebody else, right? I mean, I think the classic definition is you're trying to control someone else, control someone else's behavior, or um, there's like getting a charge off of like being needed. And so uh -huh. when I was married to my ex-husband, I loved the fact, moods, right? yeah, yeah. Oh, absolutely. My, okay. I'm not okay unless you're okay. Okay. That's another way to, to describe okay. it. I also Oof. will tell people if you've ever felt like you've been running down the street after somebody saying, I'm just trying to help, you're probably a codependent. Okay. So I'm not all, that, I don't know that I'm like, fully, Oh, good. I have, so. I'm sure <laughs> run down the street. Like I remember being in Mexico whenever I was uh, like graduating from high school and this girl was like drunk and just insisting that she was going to walk home. And I'm like, you cannot walk home across the city of Mazatlan at two o'clock in the morning. Drunk. Mm -mm. Drunk. And I couldn't let her just do her own thing. So like I went with, I walked her back to the apartment. But that was about safety. I know. But also like people are in charge of their 
themselves. And it's so hard for codependents to find that line between where I end and where somebody else begins. Because I always want one of the things I'm like a more monster when it comes to relationships. And I want more, you know, I want to have more people in my life. I want a more monster. Yeah. I want this Mm. attention. I want this affirmation, the external validation, the self-worth coming from somebody else rather than coming from within. And, And also the lack of diversifying the sources of support. So I have always bought into this myth. Really, it's an American romantic myth, blame it on Disney, blame it on patriarchy, whatever, that like one person can be your end all be all. And we put Mm. that in terms of um, like romantic expectations, but that also happens with friends where it's like, well, if you're my BFF, then you're going to be my BFF forever. And our relationship is never going to change. I saw this thing recently, like some best friends getting married. Have you seen that platonic marriages? No, but that's really sweet. But I mean, you know, that could easily slip right into this. Um, And so that's where boundaries, you know, it's like, even when you get married or even if you have, you know, a uh, maybe you have a partner, maybe you're in a poly relationship, like mm-hmm. boundaries are the key. And sometimes it's having boundaries with ourselves to know where to turn to when we're hurting, recognize the pain. I am in need of connection right now. Right now, my favorite person to get that connection from is my boyfriend. Yes. It's my That's favorite exactly place to I get felt. my connection. Cause yeah. it, Because I'm a cancer and I'm a codependent. So I (laughs) love being in relationships. I love having somebody that I can turn to. But the best thing that I have done in the past five years is figure out that it's really good to have a whole Rolodex of people that I can go to. Not because I'm trying to um, sort of like be a like a leech and get it from all those people. But, you know, recognizing the moment that I am feeling antsy or anxious or unloved or something, take some time to just pause and accept that I'm having that feeling, but then turn towards not just my boyfriend, but I'll call you, I'll call mm-hmm. another friend. And, but if I, if I say I don't get through, I can't go into panic mode. No. And, you know, I have a friend right now that I was just telling you, like, I feel like I've kind of been chasing her cause we've been overdue for a catch up. And then we had some plans and then they fell through and, and I start to feel that anxious attachment in me Yeah, start churning. And oh. I am not interested in anxious attachment anymore. No, me either. And that's what I've felt. And yeah. I don't know how to rid myself of it. And, uh, and it's just been a little bit of a challenge. I do know how actually, I mean, and I've been doing the right yeah. work of the quote unquote right thing. You know, I sat in meditation. I looked within my heart. I listened to some Abraham Hicks. I was like, you know, yeah. Yeah. those kind of things, just aligning myself with my higher self Absolutely. and really getting there. And it, um, it's really hard sometimes because then you just want it satisfied. Right. Well, and mm-hmm. getting busy, right? Getting busy. When you get mm-hmm. busy, you get better. And uh, doing the things that you're aligned with. Sometimes it's so hard for me to, to stop focusing. I fixate on the little shiny um, relationship that needs tending or the, the sadness or anxiety that within me. I just like get really focused in on it. And I forget that there's this whole world outside Mm -hmm. and people who are going about their days. And there's empathy that I also want to carry with me that the amount of privilege that I have to worry about the things that I worry about is a ton of privilege. And, uh, you know, so how, so how can I, and this is not to like beat myself up, but it's, um, being in touch with my humility Mm -hmm. is also always important. And part of being humble is also saying I have needs and they are worthy. And they're valid. Well, then that makes it confusing because I'm allowed to have, I'm allowed to have the needs, Uh but I'm not allowed to dictate who is fulfilling those needs and how they're fulfilling those needs. You're so smart. Yeah. And so that makes perfect sense. The ultimate expression of empathy Mm -hmm. is letting people be who they are. My, My favorite way to think about love is through the acronym, letting others voluntarily evolve. Ooh. So how do you best, how do you truly show your kids that you love them? 
Mm-hmm. Just just by letting them be whatever they are. And the voluntarily evolve part is so key because they have to want to do it. You know, the people who are in your life, you want them to want to be in your life. You don't want them to feel like they're in your life because they have to be no. or they're fulfilling some sort of obligation. No, I want it to like, be a choice. I'm being a good friend. I'm being a good Amy friend today because I am checking in with her at 730, you know, every morning to make sure that she's having a good day. No. Like, that's not how I, how I show you that I'm your friend. No. And uh, all the people in your life, your family, your friends, your, your partner, they're going to show you in ways that they can and yeah. are able to. Yeah. And that's going to change. Like I have such high expectations of other people. That's the other key part of codependency is like my world revolves around whether or not I'm meeting other people's expectations and whether or not those people are meeting my expectations. My expectations is a big killer. I, I, I can't remember who's told me that, but like in relationships, maybe it was Justin and it was just about like marriages and stuff relationships in because of expectations mm-hmm. but and that's this i mean but you're allowed to have the need of having safety in a relationship or having reliability or consistency in a relationship yes those are sort of like the high 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 thing yes right he has shown you in many ways that he is fulfilling those expectations yes. for you so in a in a, in a short and moment where it's a reactionary thing where it's like all of a sudden I'm not getting my needs net met. Like that can be scary. So it's like, Oh, maybe then, then it's like the little thread that starts to unravel everything. Well, well, maybe I have been misunderstanding this entire relationship and maybe I haven't communicated myself well, and maybe I'm not worth loving at all. And maybe, you know, and so that one tiny thread of expectation that you wanted what you wanted in that moment and you didn't get it when you wanted it, that started to unravel this beautiful sweater that you've been knitting, mm-hmm. you know, and that sweater is still there. I mean, that metaphor is not great because um, it implies that know, you, you can't, like, am I, you know, if you it's not going to take you six years, six, <laughs> you know, 16 <laughs> years. However, you know, you've been on your own personal <clears throat> liberation journey for so long. Yeah. Um, you know, you're not starting from scratch on that because you have a heart, a rough day right? or bump into that wall of expectation. But Right. Well, let's talk tarot with this. I know. Thanks for letting me sort of do a primer on codependency with I'm you. I'm glad we did. Well, so... it was coming up in my own life. So it was yeah. like, perfect. Maybe that's why it happened, Addie. Trust the divine. <laughs> we are divinely led at all times. That's right. We are. Maybe it was for that. It was for my own learning. So, but listen, so. I, but this happens all the time. So just earlier I was in, so we're recording at the Statesman where I uh-huh. also work. I have been a food writer here for a long time and, and I was at my desk and I was thinking about my dad. I was wearing a workout t-shirt of his today whenever I went on a run. And it was amazing because uh, I didn't think that I was in grief today. Or I didn't think that grief was sort of at the surface of my day. Uh-huh. Oh my gosh. I started thinking about it and just one step to the other step, two seconds later, I'm just like crying and I'm having this moment where I'm so grateful to be reminded of my dad. He died a couple of years ago yes. and um, and to not shy away from that tough feeling That's like right. that was meant I was meant to have that moment today. Maybe even when I work, when I consciously chose to put his shirt on today, when yeah. I got ready for my workout, I was inviting those feelings and those emotions and that connection with him and that memory with him. That's really sweet. And so just trusting that 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 too was was supposed to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And that we're talking about tarot where grief and codependency are the things that I turn to my tarot deck to help me. I don't want to say get through, but work with in all areas of my life. Yeah. Um, And what a surprise that tarot happened to be the tool that the divine brought to me. 
You're so good at it. Because we started talking about it just on Austin 360 Radio a while back. And um, your knowledge of it was already so like deep and vast. And so I'm so excited to see what we learned today. And you brought a deck. I did bring a deck. Okay. So, well, um, let me tell you. So the transition is I started learning about tarot from a podcast. Good. Keep keep talking for a second. Make sure I'm my own board op today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go check. I know. What's our intention? What is our our intention? Um, I think just to have a... you know, to share things that seem intimidating to people and can just be easy tools, right? Mm -hmm. We don't have to overthink, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we can have this vast array of wonderful tools. And um, so my intention was just to lift that up Mm -hmm. and just not be afraid. I like that you say, don't fear the death card, because I do. And I see you've got, I think, wild unknown there. Mm -hmm. And um, I was in a phase where I was pulling a card from that every day. And I stopped. I got an Oracle deck that was all happy because sometimes I would get these ones with like a bull, you know, with like mm-hmm. fucking swords in his eyes. And I was like, I can't, I can't take it right now. And so <laughs> it could be intense. <laughs> it is intense. And so I like the death card in that though, with the little goat with the little hooves, I think he has or something. But um, some of them are just dark. And I found myself uh, not liking it. I'm wanting to reject what I was being told in those yeah. moments. So I like that you're doing that just so we can all maybe figure out what to take away. Absolutely. And that's that. I don't know. That's my intention. Yeah. That's a little long. You know, I was but. thinking about this yesterday, though, thinking about coming in here today. Um, and I almost set my intention last night for you cool. and us, which was to meet you in this space that you so consciously carve out for your guests. I love that. Every time I'm in your presence, you the awareness and the presence is so strong and it's so beautiful and it's just an honor to come in here and, and do that. And I want to meet you there. You're and to make me cry. really That's one of my intentions really. with my tarot practice is to meet my clients in that space and to carve out, you know, we just do 30 minute readings. It's not like the full on hour, hour and a half, like big 15 but cards. It's kind of nice. It's less than, it's just something digestible. Absolutely. Because I've gotten big readings too, where I can't fully digest the whole thing. It's you, too much information. There, you almost just want to, it's like a quarter of it could be a yes. whole day or weeks worth of right. medicine for and that's you. That's plenty for me to think Absolutely. about. Worth of medicine. That's yeah. right. So, so this is all medicine. I don't think there are any bad cards. I think they're all medicine. And sometimes the medicine is a little spicy or tangy or tart or sour, just like in our day-to-day lives. Like, you know, nobody signs up. Nobody wants to have death or loss right. in their right. lives. But you know what? It ends up being medicine that helps us in the long run. So, And those can be put into way different contexts than literal. It's not like someone's dying never, today. Never, never, It's never. about, you know, no. perhaps the death of uh, something that you need to release. I mean, death is a beautiful thing. It's so crazy to hear myself say these words. I mean, I even recorded a podcast a couple of years ago and the title was Grief is a Beautiful a beautiful thing. And, wow, uh, and yeah. I had never thought about grief as being beautiful, but uh, it has always added texture to my life. I had a friend who died when we were just out of college and that tore me up for all of my twenties. I spent, I think mourning him and not really knowing what to do with that energy. Uh, I also became a mom right at the same time. Mm-hmm. And I quite literally took the grief. I don't think I would have pursued the, you know, continued the pregnancy if my friend hadn't died. Uh, and choosing to become a mom earlier you wouldn't than I have thought. continued your pregnancy no. if your friend hadn't died no holy shit there's no way i was in an unhappy partnership i was 23 i was a part-time employee at the sta- at the paper i was i had just graduated from college 
like six months earlier. So that death made you not have an abortion? Yeah. Why? I just, I had been told it would be difficult for me to conceive. Right, right as I was leaving college, I had had some, you know, gynecologists be like, yeah, you don't have any periods because your proestrogen is so low. Like you don't ovulate on a regular schedule. Like it's going to, you're going to need some help whenever you want to have a kid. And I'm like, great. So I'm not going to be too worried about it. And then you get knocked up. Four months later, I didn't even have a period. I went from having that conversation with my doctor to uh, four months later, getting pregnant without realizing it. My friend died a couple of months later and I was so consumed in grief. I didn't know I was pregnant until I was 16 weeks along. Whoa. So that was in August of that year, 2006. Wow. Yeah. And so oh. here I was at 16 weeks. Oh, I weeks. see why. It wasn't like life and death. It was like, you just didn't know. I didn't know. And it was also like Whoa. very literally, I had two weeks to decide. You know, there was a cutoff of when I could have an abortion yeah, for sure, for and sure. it was all so new. And I was definitely, you know, ready to do. I mean, I'm so pro-choice and definitely think that people have, that should so have the opportunity. I've had an abortion. So oh, good. I'm I mean, I think that it's a wonderful it's it's a, an option that people should have. And I wholeheartedly. Yeah, well, if they don't have it, they're going to go to extreme measures to get it. Absolutely. And that's what I don't want. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm avidly pro-choice. Okay, good. So. Well, and I, when I tell this story, I think it's really important to name that because also I chose this path and this is not a righteous like everyone should have chosen that path. When, right. Um, but yeah, my friend dying, it was very much this... Uh, you know, that spirit was transitioning and, and I had something in literally inside of me that was growing that I was terrified of, but I also knew somehow deep within me that I had the strength to do it and I would be okay. And, and it, it, it was an, a huge invitation from the universe that I answered. I answered this call. Mm-hmm. And then through that, it totally transformed my life, becoming a parent. And oh, so many good things started. I mean, good things. So many things started happening. Some of them were tough, right. <laughs> you know? Um, we won't label them. Just right. A lot, went they were just, a lot went on. A lot went on. Well, you know, and then it's I ended up all part of the whole. So we ended up getting married about a year after uh, Julian was born. Julian's 14 now. Um, and then, you know, had another kid and then got divorced a couple of years later. And then I've been on this dating journey for five or six years. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then my dad got sick. And uh, it's been a wild ride. Yes. Um, but I, I think my friend's death really gave me a companion for this ride. Wow. And it was life doesn't go on forever. It's okay. Well, what was the main lesson there? It wasn't that it's okay that people die because that is still a really hard concept to get when, yeah. you know, a 20 early twenties kid. Yeah. Gets, my, my drummer. Yates, yeah. It just died. We talked, uh, we talked about him. Like, I still cannot fucking believe that day. He's yeah. gone. It's like, it's hard to accept, accept it while also not being like, yeah, it's, it's like great that people die mm-hmm. young or early or even when there's, you know, right. if you're you got a 95 year old grandparent who's dying, like it's not to say that that's not tough because right. even if it's the right thing, the next right thing for your life or the next right thing for that person's life. And and also having uh, again, like having this faith that, um, you know, I could have doubled down on my distrust of a higher power at that point. Like, why did you take my friend? How dare you? For sure. G- you know, I, I know give me this unexpected pregnancy. That, hap- that happened too. Like his dad died and he uh, he just lost all faith. Oh. Mm-hmm. Well, Which and it's I like, are these things happening kidding. to me or are they happening for me? Right. And so I chose to see that as a happening for me. And boy, man, having that kid just, I grew into myself in a way that I never would have imagined. At 23. At tw- I was such a 
And then, and then I went on what not to wear the next year. Which is awesome. Experience. Um, but just saying yes to those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and also then learning how to say no and saying, actually, I cannot continue with a breadcrumb relationship, you know, right. during either, um, you know, in my marriage or in some of the subsequent ones, there were some t- difficult times where my codependency, I was on my high horse about how right I was. I know wow. what's right for everybody else. Self-righteousness is my favorite drug. <laughs> um, and I just kept running into this brick wall of like, why is, why is the world not just letting me command it? Mm-hmm. You know, how come I don't just get to orchestrate everything that I want? How come I can't just, you know, tell this person that I love, like, come on, let me just like put these puzzle pieces together for you and then it'll be great. And we'll have this happy little family and it'll be exactly what I want. Uh, that doesn't leave any room for a higher power or divine mm-hmm. when I feel like I'm in control of everything. And so, um, but it's hard because it's like, well, what can I control? What are the things that I can show up for myself to do? Mm -hmm. And it's uh, the self-care practices, um, finally being willing to explore codependency and figure out what it was that I was bringing to those relationships that were making them unhealthy. I never would have said that I was bringing anything unhealthy to those yeah. Friendships, relationships. I mean, listen, girlfriends with my mom, my sister, like I'm working on the codependency with my job. You're I mean, doing every it across aspect the board. of my life. You're doing it across yeah, the board. Because it, I think it, 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 in, it, it is in every part of my life. I mean, mm-hmm. I think for most codependents, it's true because um, it's how we respond to unexpected changes, how we respond when we are out of control, how we, how we want to, how we are so quick to react. Yeah. And, and also we center ourselves in the story. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it becomes about like, well, this person isn't doing what I want them to do. They must not like me. I must suck. Like whatever, without realizing that like the other person maybe is, got a whole bunch of other stuff going on and they're not thinking twice about what you're thinking about. So I got, I was really good at telling, you know, I'm a storyteller by trade and I got really good at telling certain stories and then getting really attached to those stories and not um, kind of with open hand saying, Oh, maybe there's another way to look at this. Okay. I know, I know. Totally described me, but um, right. Right. Yeah. Well, the taking a thing, you know, taking things personally. Yeah. Trying not to. I mean, like, and I I actually already, I know that. I know that. And I, I have been working on that. I'm pretty good at it. Yeah. I'm pretty good at it, but, um, I haven't been in a serious relationship in a really long time. And you haven't been in this relationship in a long time. I haven't been in this relationship ever. ever, Yeah. Except for six six months. So, But it's serious. And so like, it's just learning yeah. for me. Well, with my partner now, it has been a huge lesson in mm-hmm. being free from the ways that I used to show up in relationships. You know, we have separate, I, we have separate homes. Uh, I think we really like having separate lives to a certain extent, but yet, you know, when we come together, we are very present with each other. And, uh, but that neediness and the enmeshment is not there, but the commitment and the love and the desire is thriving. Cool. Because of that space. That's what I think I is the biggest lesson is that, you know, when I get just a little bit, you know, usually, you know, if you were to ask me, like, I want the sandwich, mm-hmm. <laughs> I want to be with you and touching you and like in your business all day long. That was what makes me happy or that's what previously made me happy. And now I can see that, man, when both parties are moving and doing their things and they come together and then they go and do their things and they cut, you know, it's like, this is really 
a powerful, yes. it's more, it's a generative, liberating way to be in a relationship. Yes. And I am rather than fully, the, let's do this. I am pretty much let's, there and on board with that, but <laughs> I certainly had a moment this It's week, okay. So. And the self-love to mm-hmm. the self-love and um, your vulnerability that you show by talking about this stuff. You are helping so many of your listeners and so many of the people Thanks. who follow you. I hope so. Because I'm, I'm constantly just trying to say like, like in my intro, I'm just talking about, I talked a lot about self-forgiveness as far as like our own habits. And when we feel like we failed ourselves and we're pissed off at ourselves and mm-hmm. you're holding yourself to the standard, mm-hmm. you know, just, just allowing some grace mm-hmm. toward yourself. And I mm-hmm. think that's what my meditation was on today too, or this week, sorry, uh, on Instagram. So yeah. Mm-hmm. So let's talk. It's interesting. Oh yeah. I want to yeah. know. Well, it's so What's funny. It, what were you going to say? Oh, how, how quick we can flip from being like, I'm the best person in the world and I do, do no wrong to, I'm the worst person in the world and nobody loves me. <laughs> That those Brene Brown talks about those both being rooted in shame, one in which we're shaming others and the other in which we're taking that shame on ourselves. Yeah. Oh, shit. Right. Right. I've been listening to her Dare to Lead podcast. This yeah, past it's week good. And I haven't listened this week, so I needed it. The really? lack of leadership in this world is shocking. Really? Yes. The lack of healthy leadership in this world mm-hmm. is is appalling. Yeah. <laughs> when I think about it, I think I've just also um, been in the corporate world long enough to sort of see how typical mainstream American businesses work yeah. and how management structure works. And um, there's a lot, there's a lot to, to learn, mm. a lot, lot to change in that I space. That. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to check that out. Anyway. So, so one of the exciting things that I do with Tarot, um, I am going to pull some so wait, cards from you. This is wild. So this is enough. actually, no, this is, um, what is this? I, I misheard you. Um, this is called Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. Ooh. It's and pretty. It is, I think I just saw this. Yeah. So um, the oh, black mat cards from Chase Voorhees. He is um, married to Lindsay Mack, who does Tarot for the Wild Soul uh-huh. podcast. He's one of your faves. Love so much. Yes. Um, she was the one who first got me interested in tarot. And Ooh, I started pulling. People often ask, like, can I buy my own tarot cards? You absolutely can buy your own tarot cards. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. It's like a form of self-empowerment. Yes. Just do Don't it. There's, there's for somebody all these little myths that Here, people love to post. Um, I want to look, look at, at them, them for a yeah. second, too. You flipped through there. Oof, and the so one of the I things that, that I card that always l- comes up for me, um, these are beautiful. So to connect this back with the leadership thing we were just talking about, I love using tarot in small groups and helping, uh, you know, using it as an icebreaker. I've done a couple of readings for like mother and daughter or for partners, and they just want something kind of unique to do to that is in this vein of self-exploration and, mm-hmm. and revealing ourselves to I each like other. That. And That's so, so cool. it can be like a joint reading. Um, I really like to start getting into like corporate team building through tarot. So like the right kind of businesses. So we're not, we're not talking about like the old, like stodgy workplaces, but you know, startups and places that are using, you know, Brene Brown, dare to lead style stuff. Yeah. The untamed entrepreneurs of the world. Do you think that just provides, like we were saying, like a different tool, like, and maybe mixes up their thinking? Absolutely. Cause and I it, mean, like, even if they don't believe, let's say mm-hmm. it's, they don't have to believe in the divine guidance of it, but can't they just sort of go, huh, this is a fresh way of looking at that. And maybe I can, maybe it's a tool to just approach it with a whole new way of thinking. It's like improv. It's like how any card you pull, mm-hmm. you can make magic with. You can. This is not me. But what I can do is I can show you how to make magic with any card. Okay. And then it it also it kind of removes the idea that you're going to pull a card that is somehow magically just for you. I mean, I believe that and you believe that. And I think lots of people do where there's this like kind of magic and what kind of card you pull. Because, yes. yes. you know, and, and I, I do know. try to put 
the good energy into the cards and set up a space. But I think that any, anybody, even if you're a non-believer and you don't have even a spiritual faith can pull a card and understand the fool's journey and the stories yes. around our passions, our loves, the way we show up for each other, the way we think. Yes. The swords cards are all about how we think. So, um, Oh, they are. Cause I need like a little primer on this. Cause oh, I'm not yeah. good at traditional tarot. I use Oracle decks mostly. I've used the Osho Zen tarot or, you know, I use a deck that's like, like the wild and no, or created around the basic structure. Yep. But it's a little like. So, like, you pulled the strength, uh, this, uh, well, the three of cups. It was the strength card this morning, the lion. Oh, yes, the I did. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. And did it say strength? Is that what it was? It was inner power. Inner power. Inner something like okay, that. Okay. So, that, inner like, in a traditional, t- as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh, that in eight? It's an oh, it's a uh, major arcana. It's in it's an eight card in the major arcana. Yeah, um, yeah. And so, and it's the it's uh, the strength card. Uh, whenever you are going through the the major yeah. arcana, and it is exactly that inner power, but also with grace and softness and toughness and knowing how to balance those two things out. And so, many oracle cards. I love that they're oracle cards because they help. Not everybody feels like they want to start this journey of learning the tarot cards or for whatever reason, they don't feel called to it, but they feel called to the Oracle cards. There's medicine in all the decks. Yeah. And what I think is cool is just getting into the habit of using them to tell uh, empowered stories about ourselves. Yeah. And so that's what we're going to do. Let me, I'll okay. give you a quick little overview. This is yes. what I tell clients. If they've never, if you've never had a tarot reading before, this is kind of how it breaks down. Um, I explain the major and minor arcana. So the okay. minor arcana are the, the one through 10 Jack or uh, page through King and it's uh, cups, swords, wands, and pentacles. And okay. each of those is related to a card suit. So right. you can imagine, you know, it's like hearts and clubs and spades, all that stuff. So mm-hmm. playing cards, you can actually read tarot from a playing deck. I've heard that. I, in fact, I bought my daughter a little book about it. Oh, that's so how cool. to do that. And I don't know if she's done it or not, but that is so I thought fun. that was cool. Well, it also shows that like this practice has been around for a long time mm-hmm. and the systems that be that want us to not, especially don't want women to have empowering tools of healing and community building themselves has stripped the meaning of it. Like it's fascinating to me that we have poker and we have all these cards and it's not like scary to bring out playing cards and, you know, gin. It's fun, right? This used to be that for people and it wasn't the games. It was to help tell stories about your life. Cool. That was the original use of tarot. Yeah. And, and then at some point, I think, you know, the people in power were like, I don't know. We got all, we, comfortable with this. We've got these like peasants <laughs> who are feeling out how to like get empowered and maybe we mm-hmm. need to like take out the meaning from it. And so then it became occult and dark and scary. And that was like very much the church wanting to come in and make women doubt themselves and make um, witchy healing practitioners become the outcasts of their societies and evil e- oh evil oh mm-hmm. i've never thought about that mm-hmm. that's interesting anyway so well, um yeah. so i love that we're reclaiming cards me um, too okay so that's the the minor arcana uh I'll tell you about each of the suits here in just a second. And then the other part is the major arcana, which is the fool's journey. And that starts with the fool and the magician. And it takes you all the way through a very classic mythological hero's journey, just like in Star Wars. Okay, I didn't or, realize it was just the whole journey. Yeah. What the hell? It takes you How from the I know fool, it's cool. And then it goes magician, all the way to like, yeah, the world. And, yeah, yeah the which world. is the mastery card, mm-hmm. you know, which is the total peace. And it is the, you know, I know my place in the world and I respect everyone else's place in the world. And I know exactly what I can change. And I also know what I can't change. And I see the wholeness of how it all works, the dark and the light. But that's the journey that the fool starts on from the beginning where they are eager and nervous and have no freaking clue what they're getting into. But they feel they cannot go. They cannot not go on the journey. 
and they have a um, innocence and you know joie de vie. Is that right? That's so true. That they just will try anything and absolutely. do it. And just go for it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I love it. And you never stay Not in afraid one. afraid to fall. Exactly. And you don't stay in one card energy for too long. You're oh. always moving around. Well, that's nice. Yeah. So <laughs> there are 78 cards total. Um, you know, the major arcanas have bigger energy and are sort of almost more about like what's going on in your life. Big picture. And then the minor arcana are a little bit more the day-to-day stuff. But there are some big and heavy cards in there as well. Some of them are very How many are there? explicitly about grief. 78 cards 78. in total. Okay. Yeah. So um, the minor arcana, um, just to give you a little heads up. So the cups cards are, I relate with like comma. So love and pleasure and our connection with other people, how we show affection and emotion. So uh-huh. the cups cards are sort of that um, like water energy. Okay. The swords cards are the freedom of the mind. So okay. the gremlins that we have in our heads that tell us we can't do things, yep. comparing with other people, mm-hmm. that's uh, making decisions. I think of like the story of the sword of Damocles when he like had that worry over or he like got granted his wish, but he constantly had a sword hanging over his head just waiting for it to drop. And so, yeah, that's a way to remember. I hadn't thought about that Do you know that story? No, but I love it. That's what's so cool is that the... archetypes and the mythology and the even the way we represent like cups and hearts like this is throughout all cultures in you know throughout all time we have these ideas about what a wand is so the mm-hmm. wands are what's your passion in life what's oh, the thing that, okay the like thing that. about the wooden stick like what goes on your inner fire yeah. that's how you can remember you can the make things happen what are you yes are you exactly up? so you know you <laughs> you made this podcast you created this podcast out of thin air because you are a magician yeah. who creates things <laughs> that are value that are va- that are value aligned for you. You yeah. know exactly what your purpose is. You elevate voices of of people in your community. Like that's very much Juan's energy. And so that relates to let's see, cups was more water and flow. Then swords was mind. Then this one is passion. Oh, yeah. And then pentacles. Okay. Yes. Uh, and then the pentacles are. Typically, that has been read as money, but really it's about resources. And I oh. I throw health and body and wellness, nature, art, education, all of that goes under the pentacles energy okay. for me. Okay. Pentacles are about mm, all our... So investment. What, what, do you, investment. what do you invest in and what do, you, what do you seek out that invests in you? What do you invest so in? So when you go and do okay. something, you know, you take your girls to... Eeyore's birthday party or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's a way for you to bond, but that's also like a cultural experience where they're learning and they're growing and it's not at all about money, but it enriches them. Okay. So yeah, just think about the pentacles resources. as what is enriching. Abundant, abundant resources. Okay. Yeah. So th- books you read, music you listen to even. Okay, cool. Do you believe in the cards being upside down or um, not? I do not read, for the most part, reversed cards. Okay. I'm open to changing my mind on that. And I probably will at some point. Okay. Uh, in fact, so <laughs> this summer I'm starting a, a tarot podcast <laughs> No, uh, awesome. called Addie and Danny read tarot. Uh, and this is my best friend, Danny, and she is an amazing reversal reader. Wow. So when we pull together, she'll pull for me and I'll pull a reverse and she will give me a spot on reading with, with the reversal that I'm just like, you are such a queen. I, but that's what's so cool is we're teaching each other and the whole podcast is going to be us learning tarot together and incorporating it into our lives and um, really putting a millennial spin on it, like pop culture and how do we, I don't know, how do we use this in the 21st century and make it really, I think it's a super engaging tool. So, cool. um, okay. So 
Did you have any questions before we start? No, I asked them. Okay, so one mm-hmm. um, question people often ask is, you know, what do the what do the polls mean? Like, are we asking, like, are we going to pull? Uh, like, do you have a question you want to ask in particular to the deck, or do you want me to pull just sort of the standard three that I do? That's what I want you to do. Okay, so yeah, um, I'll typically do a three card pull, and it starts with what is the universe inviting me to pay attention to. Okay. So what's kind of on the surface that the universe is wanting me to look at? Uh-huh. The second one is what is hidden underneath that moment. Ooh. Kind of like Brene Brown's truth, truthier, truthiest. Okay. We're getting into the truthier part. Okay. And then the last one is what's my teacher or helper in this moment? Ooh. All where right. Where can I, where I can I get some fantastic. extra love? Um, okay. So I'm going to just cut these. Okay. And again, this is something that where, um, you just cut the deck into three. I did cut the deck into three that anybody could pull. You know, I don't think it really I matters. It five times. Oh, my lucky number is five. Is it really? You know, to, yes, it's, today's five, five that we're recording this the day before it comes out. Five, five. So, and you know, uh, it is also a five year. 2021 is a five year. Oh, because the numbers add up to five. Yeah. Oh, well, I'm expecting something. Great so this today. is a portal. Well, fives can be a <laughs> contraction number, but maybe we'll, oh, but that's right. not a bad thing. Hmm. The star. The star. The eight, eight of pentacles, of pentacles, and an upside down two of swords. Wow. These cards are the coolest. They're one of the coolest decks I've seen ever. I love it. What are they called again? Uh, Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. Okay, Tarot of the Holy Spectrum. All right, cool. So the star. It's amazing that you pulled a. Major so you don't arcana. even need a guidebook. You've just got not this. at this point. I mean, I I like having a guidebook. I should have brought it just because it's, it's okay. I'd rather hear what you have to say. Yeah, but it, these come with a guidebook. And these, these do not come. With these a do not this, come with a guidebook. Yeah, but I can recommend some books. One is the Creative Tarot I've been reading lately. Oh, and it has been do. amazing. Uh, and then what's the other one? Well, here's um, something that I've heard about tarot is that if you look at it, you can go with your gut and you can uh, work at what it actually means. Like that's what I've heard. So do I've you heard, wanna- like if you like really like try but like i'm looking at this ten of uh, eight of eight of pentacles and uh i have no idea what i would come up with so that that is such a great question because i think that this is what i one of my big teaching strategies as a tarot reader like intuitive tarot well because i want people to leave the reading with the desire to go get their own card and the the knowledge that they can do exactly what you just said okay and so you know (laughs) when we were talking about the four different suits Mm -hmm. you know if you were taking notes or whatever suddenly you would have like okay well Pentacles. What do we mm-hmm. talk about pentacles being? Yeah. Invest investment and enrichment yeah. and resources. We talked about investment and resources. And so I'm looking at this card and then they're kind of fading out at the bottom, but she's picking up a whole one. So um, you know, well, I'm think about, curious to but see so what this you is where that. numerology comes in handy. Okay. So I don't know if you've done much numerology work, but a little. So um basically you just are overlaying sort of knowledge of the suits and, and numerology on top of it, and then hero's journey. Okay. On top of it. All right. And suddenly you have yourself a tarot lens. So ah, pens- okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, we can get to that one. Let's start okay, with start. Um, I know. Well, let's- truth, truth, your truth. So this is, uh, this is this what is, are you being invited to pay attention to? Right what am now? I being invited to pay attention to? Then what's underneath that? And then what's my teacher? Okay. Okay. So with the, the star, star, the star is the card that comes right after the tower. Number 17. And the tower is a tough card because it's when things are falling and collapsing around you. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of scary. The visuals on the card are very much like, oh no, the tower is burning down. There's lightning. And it's like, but it's also, this was not meant to stand. Mm-hmm. This tower, in fact, was a danger to everybody around it. It was, gonna, <laughs> it was a hazard. It was going to fall on people mm-hmm. and it needed to come down. 
It's not well I mean, built. think about like racism in this country, yeah. right? Like that is, we've had a tower moment with racism where people have finally realized ain't going to do this anymore. Yeah. yeah. After the tower though is scary because, uh, well, what have we seen in the past year, right? We saw protests, we saw unrest, um, a lot of unrest. And so in this picture, you actually see somebody who looks really tired. Let's see. She looks exhausted. She looks exhausted. The, I have another deck with like a shooting star across it. Maybe that's just. And is she naked? Literal. I don't With a big bush? Uh, no, I don't know. <laughs> so a lot of star cards, <laughs> almost all star cards have, have a figure who's that's naked. Um, and they have two cups, one that's pouring into the water and one that's pouring into the river next to it. Okay. So there's like real beautiful resourcefulness and like love and um, but this is a card that's, that says like, take a minute and rest and chill because she looks like she's getting a drink of water. We have just been through and, you know, I don't know, I can't speak for you, but this is the invitation for you to think about, um, you know, what things have fallen that have no longer served you mm-hmm. and how do you tend yourself in the tender moments just after that sort of realization that, wow, the landscape has changed. The tower has come down. I don't, this view looks a little different and I'm a little scared. And I know that there's still more of this healing journey for me to come. This is the star card is the heal, the, the start of what I believe to be the last few steps of the, the major arcana journey that gets you to the peace. And it's letting go of the things that have crumbled, having faith in the peace that in the peace and the still stillness, like still is still moving to me. Like even in the stillness, there's healing that's happening within your heart and within sure. the world that's around you. And, um, and you have access to that water. I mean, so this water can represent so many different things, mm-hmm. health, healing, wellness. Um, and that even if it doesn't feel like you have enough in your cup, you do have enough in your cup, but you, right now you're not being asked to fill anybody else's cup. Right. But we are, Ever flowing rivers. We are. You um, are. I'm, and I'm there's, really and there's, a vulner, there's a vulnerability. Of course, you, you and your star. Uh, you your know, star. I love stars. Gear. Yeah, totally. You had a key picture on I've Instagram always really liked stars. stars. So what do you feel when you look at stars? She's got a little dress with stars on it. Uh, what do I feel when I look at stars? An affinity. Mm-hmm. I feel a... Um, just, I don't know. I just have been, you know, addicted to the stars in the sky and I love the symbol of a star and then a little bit of a chip on my shoulder about it mm. because, um, this is totally a random story. The, the reason that this is my lucky day at five Oh five on five five is because when I first tried out for the dance team and Colleen, the kangarettes, uh, I, I was the only freshman to make it that year. And, um, I try, I was number five. And they were, we were in groups of five. No. Yeah. No, we were in groups of four, I guess we were in groups of four, but I was number five. So I was the second group. We went every five minutes and tryout started at five. So I tried out at five Oh five. I was number five and on five, five. And so I was like, well, five is my lucky number. And then in kangarettes, um, they would give a star every week to someone that they deemed as like their star, their star dancer. And, um, I really wanted that star and I never got it. And uh, I was in it for like almost three years. And, um, and it's just like one of these dumb little wounds, you mm-hmm. know, but, um, I never understood why I like, I tried to do really good. I tried to, um, be good at it. And, um, and I was a good dancer, you know, I was just as good as anybody else. And I would see other girls get it and I would work really hard. And they'd announce it like at the football game in front of everybody. And the star for this week is, you know, and then she'd so get to hard. step forward and do her like, you know, yeah, <laughs> the little salute. And, um, 
And I, uh, I never got it. And I remember asking one of my friends that was an officer and she was like, honestly, she was like, I don't know. I've submitted you. You've, um, you, you've been the one that's chosen. They'll switch at the last minute. And I was like, <laughs> and so I got, I quit, I ended up quitting Kangaretts and, uh, midway through my junior year. And, um, part of it was because of the star, part of it was just cause I was full. I was sick of the bullshit. Cause you know, it's like yeah, a lot yeah. of bullshit, but, um, anyway, I don't know. That's like, that's an affinity for stars. I was always that's like beautiful. chip on my shoulder. Like, no, I am. I am. You, you are. know, you are <laughs> damn wow. it. And I'll show you. you know? <laughs> so gosh, thanks for sharing this. This is, um, it, it's interesting that these cars aren't reversed, but we'll talk about the pentacles and see what, what comes up with that. But, um, I mean, this all, that vulnerability that you show just by sharing stories like that are all the stories that you share. It's dumb. I felt vulnerable telling it. I was like, okay, why is this still like, like makes me upset? Yeah. (laughs) Well, I think about um, how scary it is sometimes to be underneath, you know, imagine like the, the most remote place you've ever been. One of these like pinnacle star watching nights, stargazing nights where the sky is huge. Yeah. But in order to get to that place, you have to go through a lot to get there. You know, I'm thinking about like in West Texas, right. I can remember going out and, um, and it's your little windswept. You're not really feeling like I'm sleeping in a tent, right? Because mm-hmm. I'm camping and you're a little, you're exposed. Yeah. And and it takes that exposure and it takes that willingness to look up at the stars and to get that, it, that charge that you're talking about, I think, where you feel that affinity with them. Yeah. Like we are the stars. We, uh, we are. We're literally made of star stuff. And so that's who, so for who, reals. And so the, the givers out of the stars, isn't it cute that they thought they could give out stars? I'm already made of stars that they exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know, mm-hmm. that, and, and it's also, it's an opportunity. It's like, how cute that I think that I, you know, have any t- type of sway over the people that I love. Or I mean, I right. do, I know what I, you know, I'm let them to, voluntarily evolve. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yes. And also like life is so short. Like we are just but a blip in this world, yeah. in this universe. And for me, the star energy is that um, like being able to, like look up in the sky and feel terrified at what we don't know, yeah. you know, and, and also um, that like daylight is going to come, but there's that three o'clock in the morning vibe when you're camping and you're like, when the hell is the sun going to come up? Like I'm <laughs> tired and I'm, that is can't why it just be- I only glamp. No. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm listening. I got that's it. Why <laughs> anyway, so that's some of the star energy. Um, there's a lot to unpack with that that card because um, she does look really exhausted and tired and like she's given up. But this is not a I've given up card. This is a I'm pausing right now to take some really sacred time. Okay. So think about what is the sacred time for you today that you get to carve out. Oh, I, I mean, we're just talking today, this moment in time, right? Like, yeah, like right now. Yeah. I mean, we know what that is. We know it's like this, you know stuff I had come up around a codependency or, um, you know, neediness. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. then you think about the long lens of your life too, with your kids and like your career, you've got so much going on. Um, like there's a sacred pause that you get to take whenever you want to, because you are on a long journey and that, like that. that pause is also really precious. Okay. Um, okay. So what's hidden beneath this moment? Hidden beneath wow. this moment. Okay, so, the, so the eight card. Um, so eights are... I like uh, eights. Infinity. In, infinity. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I remember once you pulled a card for me and it was an eight of cups. I thought it was the three of cups. Well, that was another card you pulled okay. for me, which I also needed that day. <laughs> you said you kept getting three of cups and I was like, whoa. That's a good one. Yeah. Um, but the eight of pentacles. So um, this is the infinity 
laid on laid on top of the it's investment. also stars let's just they are stars that it- wow that's actually a really <laughs> in, that's a really interesting thing so um so like you know finding that balance between what we literally spend our time and our money doing and what we uh how we get paid you know how we show up and what our uh, value is to the world, like quite literally and how we make our salary. No, oh, this is big for me right now, but also everything about money, the content that you make is so valuable, you know? And I think that the eight card for you right now is to let go of the things that are not going to help you get to the 10. Okay. And also keep and hold dear, not clinging, but like being very clear about what it is that is your asset and what it is that you need to do to protect that asset. And what is the fool's mind telling you is your asset. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? It's a good thing. I mean, listen, okay. all the cards are good. You know what I mean? There's not... The fool's mind meaning open mind, meaning... Uh, yes. So like... So... I'm trying to figure out how to explain this eight, this one to 10. So with the pinnacles, whenever you start on the ACE journey, it's this, this spark that's happening. And you're like, I have this money-making idea. We'll use money, even though this is not really all about money. Um, And then you get to the king of pinnacles where you have this command of money and you have an embodiment of like, you know exactly how much you can spend. You know exactly how much you can give. You're also not worried about your bank account because you have that all balanced. That's the king of pinnacle energy that we're all like, hoping to get to one day. Um, And the eight card on that journey is an important part of like, you have to sacrifice some things that might be really dear to you in order to get to that King level. Okay. And so look at today, what Mm -hmm. it is that you don't really need coming. What are the auto withdrawals in your bank account that you don't need to be coming out of your bank account right now? Mm -hmm. And then use that as a metaphor for like, is there a hole in your bucket outside of your bank account that is draining you and your encyclopedia, you know what I mean? Your Mm -hmm. wealth, like you have inner wealth right now already. And there are some things that are trying to chip away at that and you don't have to participate in that anymore. Okay. I like that. Yeah. So be thinking about if you're giving anything away for free that you should be charging Okay. For, mm-hmm. um, and then also like, what are maybe the free resources that are in the community that can fill your spiritual bank? I like that. Okay. So if it's art, if it's exercise, if it's nature, I don't know when the last time was you and the girls went on a hike, or mm-hmm. I don't know if you do hiking or things like that. I like that. But that would be pentacle energy too. Um, like we have this city that is a resource for us. Mm-hmm. It's there whether or not we use it. Yeah. And so each time you use the hike and bike trail, take a minute to look at Town Lake, go do something in the city that is vibrant and alive. You are investing in the city and you're letting the city invest in you. Ooh, that's pretty. That's so beautiful. that's how I view the the pinnacle cards is that it's not really that. about money, but it's about that wealth. And then how we define wealth can mean so many different things. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And uh, I read a lot about wealth consciousness and I'm constantly reading that book. Um, Big happy, happy money, pocket full, full of money. money. I yes. love that. You gave that to I me. I did give so it to good. you. And um, yeah, so I was just reading about wealth consciousness today. And it's like, it's not really about money, but it's about this just being conscious. Like there is no scarcity and there is no absolutely you know, lack. And like just right. having a full mindset and knowing about this wealth consciousness. And that means not just money, but like you're saying, like uh, mm. our, you know, society, mm-hmm. our 
uh, everything that we've got going on right here, even mm-hmm. in, wherever you are. Even your network of people, you know, there's so many things that have value in your life. Yeah. And so maybe taking a minute today to do an inventory. So this is what's hidden, right? The star energy is maybe what is on the surface. This is so interesting mm-hmm. that the star energy would be the surface and what's hidden underneath it is this um, like looking around and, and having, you know, having a look at what your resources are both literally and then also Okay. Metaphorically. I mean, that's definitely where my mind's been. And maybe like just do some journaling around that. Like mm-hmm. I am wealthy because I have this. Here's what's filling my bank account right now. Love it. Yes. And then that abundance just keeps going. Does it? Okay, great. It does. It really <laughs> does. It really does. Great. Um, okay. So what's your helper? This card, you got a sword card. I knew you were going to get a sword you card. You did? Yeah. So Why did you is, know that? Well, swords are the thinking cards and mm-hmm. it's the ways that are self-doubt, can sabotage our progress that we make in these other areas. Um, Self-doubt can sabotage our progress. Okay. So the, so the, this is the path towards the enlightened mind. So, okay. you know, you start mm. with the ace of swords, which is this like, Hey, I have this idea. And then it gets to the, the 12 of swords or the, the king of swords. And, um, sometimes the king of swords can be a little bossy <laughs> and mm-hmm. demanding. And like, I know it all. There's a little bit of lack of humility sometimes in the king of swords cards, but um, you, you pulled a two of swords. So this is a card about making a decision. Okay. Uh, the figure has a blindfold on mm-hmm. and there's a moon that is uh, in one of its transitional phases. And the figure has two swords in his or her hand. And this is the pause before, you carry on and it's thinking, what do I really want to take with me on my journey? What are the thoughts that I have consistently that help me? And what are the thoughts that I have consistently that do not serve? I like that. Right. And then you can recognize when that thought that does not serve you is coming up and just Mm -hmm. say, no, thank you. Right. Cut it off. We don't need it. Yeah. And, um, gosh, you could just go so many ways philosophically with this two business of like, it's it maybe that there's a balance. Maybe it's natural that there's a balance between the angel and the devil on your shoulder. Yeah. Um, and maybe it's okay to sort of thank them and bless them both while knowing full well that you are the middle mm-hmm. that is going to make the decisions for yourself. The angel, you're not going to give away your power to the angel or the devil. No. Right. Right. Um, and then this blindfold, it's like, you can't see nobody. We were just talking about this today. You can't see what's around the corner. No one gives you a, and here's what's going to happen this week. And here's what's going to happen next. And here, mm-hmm. and even, you know, I turned, we turned to um, astrology or horoscopes to get some, you know, some guidance and support with that. But yeah. um, there's a real leap of faith that grief is, you know, grief is going to be part of your journey. Uncomfortable feelings will be part of your journey. It's, part of, it's all part of everyone's. Yeah. We can't avoid that. Yeah. 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 So the card that comes after this one is the three of hearts or the three of swords, which always are depicted, almost always are picted, depicted as a heart with three swords going through I've it. I've seen that. And that can be another one where you're looking at this card and you're like, um, am I getting stabbed in the heart? Like, am I going to lose all the things that I love? And what that card really signifies is embracing the grief and the loss. Like I have lost things and it is okay. And I will keep losing things. And the better I get at losing things that I find so dear to my heart, uh, the more liberated I can be on this journey. And, and letting those feelings permeate your heart rather than, uh, pushing them away. So it's been interesting too, to see like you look at the surrounding cards and let those affect. Absolutely. I think that that's also context. 
Bingo. And I think that as you, as each of us are on our own journeys with whatever cards or decks that we're using, I think it's important to look at them in context and to not mm-hmm. take it and say, oh, well, eight, eight of Pentacles, my book says this is what Eight of Pentacles means. Yeah. It's like you have stuff going on in your life and we have a language that we speak. So I'm taking my brain and I am putting it through this card and our experiences to make meaning. Yeah. And I would hope, well, I'll take a picture of this and you can take it. And I would hope that you would go back to your house and look at a guidebook and be like, oh, well, this is what this person says star means. And this Mm -hmm. is what this person means, says the eight of pentacles is. And then you start to make your own concoction of meaning. Yeah. Because there's not, and I wouldn't, don't trust any tarot person who is so black and white about what cards do and don't mean. Because they fluctuate. They're supposed to fluctuate. I think that that is what the divine intended them to be used for. Oh yeah. Look at the death card. Uh, the death card looks like a fetus. So that is, why would that be? I know, right? Birth, death, the cycle of life. And there's flowers blooming around it. Um, that was my next question was while you were talking, but I was just thinking like, I wanted to ask, you know, you say, don't fear the death card and like, right. It's about death and rebirth, I think. And, um, so the other thing about this card is that the figure is surrounded by flowers and is nourishing is being composted into the soil. Yeah. So anytime something dies, there is new, there are still nutrients in whatever it is that are dead. We're not buried in a fetal position. You can be. I think I want to be. I have not seen that as a fetal position until you just named that. What? Yeah. What'd you think it was? I just saw it as a, a, skeleton in the dirt but what i what i love what I, I i love this depiction of this card um because there are flowers growing up around it and it's so clear that something is dying dying something has died but look at all this growth yes. that is thriving because of the nutrients that that thing is being composted, yeah. you know um but i didn't notice that as the fetus but so i named my company don't fear the death card because i pulled this card once and literally jumped up with joy <laughs> and i thought I wonder how many people also get so excited <laughs> when they pull the death card. Not many, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Not many. Instead, they're like, oh, let me pull a different one. You know? Right. So, Which is yeah. so, but that's, Americans, we're so good at that. We're so good at avoiding mm-hmm. the sticky stuff and the tough stuff and letting go. Nobody wants to let go. We want things to go on forever as if we could all be, you know, zombies. Like, what? the boys, my kids will ask me this, like, would you want to live forever? You know? Yeah. And what would Mm-mm. that be like? And no, I don't. Even they are wise enough to say living forever is a fool's <laughs> yes it a is. fool's dream it is um so all right well so if someone's gonna get their deck what what is your like beginner advice for them what is, or what is your best advice for so them? getting started so um like, yeah browse, getting started like for me browse some browse which some i've already online. learned a ton yes i've already good. learned a ton good, good good um you can browse decks online or you can you know get into tarot on instagram there's all kinds of cool tarot accounts that you know some people have hundreds of decks of tarot i only have probably five or six i only but um i'm surprised yes. actually that i have five or six I, yeah i thought i only I, I thought that you only had one deck like i the smith rider weight was like the main deck that's the kind of the iconic deck that many people have used but um mm-hmm. but you know go to book woman go to one of the local bookstores support um you know all kinds of artists especially you know women of color queer tarot practitioners are making decks that are not centering the white experience which i think is really important yeah i do too um so to have uh, non-binary folks to have 
yeah, I mean, and, and also to mix up the whole emperor, empress, like male, women, like knights. Knights do not mean a man is coming into your life to save the day. <laughs> you know, the knights right. are, where do you want to move to make the the life that you want to have happen? Oh, I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So, I mean, we could have pulled a knight card and we could have, you know, also yeah. done that. I don't know. So, um, okay, so pull, find a deck and I would start checking out books from the library or buying at least one or two good guidebooks. Mm-hmm. But uh, again, I bought a guidebook last year online that I was like, this is actually not a very good guidebook. I'm so glad this is not my first and only resource for okay. tarot learning. So find some podcasts to listen to. There's a great podcast called Root Lock Tarot, cool. which is run by a, a, a gentleman. You, there are a lot of women in the tarot space, so it's kind of nice to find a dude every now and then. Huh. Um, and then this summer, Addie and Danny Reed Tarot will be launching, and ah. I'm actually going to start a six-month coaching tarot session. So starting in June, I'm going to take on 10 oh, clients, excellent. and we'll have monthly readings and tarot learning sessions. And everyone so. can find that at don'tfearthedeathcard.com, mm-hmm. I take it, or at Don't Fear the Death Card on Instagram. You got it. Yes. And um, we might as well just touch on real quick, and I did this in the intro and the outro, but just touch on real quick everything else you got going on. Because I know you got a lot going on. So I have a... um, I'm so excited about this journey for you, though, because I've watched it develop. And, um, you know, it's just been really beautiful. I mean, I think that this journey that I'm I'm, I'm on kind of started when... The radio station opened up here. It did. We it's been met a couple and, years. And that's when I first started reading tarot more seriously. That's when I finally found myself in a non-codependent relationship, which was such a blessing. Yes. To practice yes. those skills. Yes. My kids are getting older and stuff. But Tell me um, you still have flare-ups, though. Of oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, but I'm I need so... To, I need to know that I'm not alone. You are not alone. <laughs> um, but what I would... I mean, my last piece of unsolicited advice, which is... Oh, it's solicited. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. There's also the idea that unsolicited advice is criticism. Ah, which I am also really good at as a codependent. Um, (laughs) Great. Keep surrounding yourself with people who are working on anti-codependency. Okay. And talk about it often. Uh, You're really my only one. And call each other. And I bet that, I bet you have a, you have a tight circle of friends. I bet they are struggling with codependency too. I know a lot of people that are working on this kind of thing. Yeah, Yeah, actually. I do. Um, I'll reach out. But as we, I mean, the liberation is just... The, the ripple effect of that liberation from the codependency is yeah. palpable and it's life and it's world changing. Like we are changing society. I am changing society one conversation at a time, at a time as I talk about this. Yes. I feel very strongly. And I think that that's why the tarot came into my hands. And this in some ways feels like my calling right now is to really lean, in, lean into this, which is very unexpected for a journalist. I think it's really cool. Um, so and to, and to use it as a coaching tool for codependency and for grief is really cool. Absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. And um, business. And business. Absolutely. Right? So mm-hmm. one of the businesses I've started is called Class Reunion Podcast. Yeah. And uh, it's my high school reunion this year. And I'm interviewing my classmates about how growing up in a small town changed the next 20 years of their lives. Are you interviewing every single one of them? No, I, although that would be fun. I, I, and I'm also not, if somebody wants to be interviewed, I'm not going to turn them down. Yeah. Uh, But right now the plan is to have 20 episodes, 20 Mm -hmm. classmates, 20 stories. Cool. The teen mom who became a nurse, mm-hmm. the the rodeo kid. Who I now, know. It's, I have, we have one you? in ours, a teen mom who became a nurse. Sure, oh, my sure gosh. Did. Well, the rodeo kid now judges bull riding competitions. <laughs> uh, like one guy runs a coffee shop and there's coaches. There's just the most interesting. Uh, it's really a fun project. So that's kind of one of my summer projects. Um, but yeah, the tarot is going to become a big part of my life in the second half of this year so. That is so cool. Yeah. I'm so happy. And I'm so happy that we got to sit down like right before all this launches. I know. So I would be happy exciting. to read with you anytime. It's really a good. Joy. 
please. Maybe we should I'd do this like on Instagram another slice. Yes, for sure. That'd Absolutely. Cool. I think we should. Um, maybe this week we'll do it since we uh, have this podcast out. So um, I just want to say a big thank you because I love you so thank much. Thank you. I and, love you too. Uh, I love what yeah. you're doing. Anything else you want to share before we go? Be radical. Be radical. Hell yeah. Let's be radical. You can be radically kind, radically humble, radically loving, gorgeous. <laughs> Radically gorgeous. Fun. Mm -hmm. Filled with laughter. Yeah. You know, all that. Or all of the above. And And. all of it. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Be radical. I love you too. Thank you so much, Addie. And I encourage everyone to go find you. So, yes. I love you. Love you. Humongous thanks to my darling friend, Addie Broyles. She is a brilliant soul. God, I'm grateful to know you, Addie. And I'm so glad I got to share her voice with all of you today. Remember that you can go to don'tfearthedeathcard.com or don'tfearthedeathcard on Instagram. You can sign up for a reading with her and uh, you can also support her upcoming podcast, Class Reunion Podcast, which is at classreunionpodcast.com. Going to be really cool. And of course, she's uh, the founder of the Austin Food Blogger Alliance and has the Feminist Kitchen as well. And she's just, she's just a badass at everything she does. So don't fear the death card. Don't fear the death card. I have feared the death card for sure, (laughs) as we talked about today. So anyway, thank you so much for being here. If you can do those things, rate, rate, just rate, just hit some stars. Uh, I'm so grateful for that. It makes such a difference. And subscribe, review, share with a friend. Those all super matter in the podcasting world. So thank you so much for that. Uh, also sign up for the newsletter if you haven't yet. It's at amyedwards.com. And, um, I think that's our main business. Just thanks to Joseph. Thanks to Colton. Thanks for everybody here at Hot Pie Media. I'm just eternally grateful for all that. And thanks to our guest today, Addie Broyles. And, um, if you need to catch up, I talked to listening last week. And, um, before that, we had East Forest and, uh, Adrian Jezik. And we've just had some really awesome episodes if you need to catch up. And, uh, you can always watch on our YouTube too. Don't forget that. It's under Hot Pie Media. Just search Amy Edwards Show. It'll turn up. Um, any other business? I think that's probably probably good. Share with a friend though. That's great. And um, and check out my meditations too, if you can, on my Instagram live. They're every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. And they often correspond with these shows and kind of what's what's going on and what's on my mind, or at least At least I try to kind of keep them correlated just a little bit. So um, I love you so much. And, um, you know, as I said in the beginning, forgiving ourselves is like a really beautiful way of showing grace. And it shows others that it's possible. So that's that factors into why I do it, because I want you to know that, like, it is possible. It is doable. And so I just try to expedite my process so we can all get there faster. (laughs) Uh, I love you so much. So much peace, love, health, wealth, abundance, forgiveness, joy, laughter, fucking fun to you and yours. Uh, Until next week. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called. Find me and my newsletter sign up at amyedwards.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram at realamyedwards or in Clubhouse at amyedwards or write to me. It's amy at amyedwards.com.